Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Single Parent Advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacey Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Single Parent Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Moody, joining you again from my home studios here in Orlando, where it is a beautiful 80 degrees under crystal clear skies. Uh, a nice break from the heat we've had all summer. Stacy's there at the posh Single Parent Advocate Studios there in Dallas. Special thanks to the folks at VentureX Louisville, the realm at Castle Hills. Uh, Stacy, how's the weather there in the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area today? Balmy. It's so balmy and beautiful. It was really chill this morning and all weekend. In Dallas, we have the Great State Fair coming to a close, and everybody tried to make their mad rush to go to the State Fair. It was so pretty outside. We, we were all walking on top of each other. It was nuts. Are you, are you open the windows up and let the fresh air kind of person? I am. I am. God forbid, you know, if I didn't have a screen door. <laughs> I mean, no, normally you can't do that here in Florida because, you know, the humidity will ruin everything inside your house. But uh, once fall finally does arrive, I love to open the windows, at least for the first half of the day. I had to I had to close them up around two o'clock this afternoon, but uh, it made for a nice morning for sure. Yeah, no, no way would I ever give up my fall days. I've been walking my two chihuahuas in the mornings and one of them's got long hair. His name's Romeo. And Romeo, you know, during the heat of the summer, he gets really, really hot, you know. But now he's just busting a move. He's moving along, little doggies all through the walk. It's kind of fun. It's amazing how the cooler weather makes the pets more frisky. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, before we jump into our topic for today's show, which is loneliness and friendship, we've got a really interesting survey that we want to share with you folks. Why don't you bring us up to speed uh, with what you've been doing there in Dallas with Single Parent Advocate? So Single Parent Advocate locally has uh, signed up about 105, 110 families, um, really about you know 250 children for Thanksgiving and Christmas outreach. And we're just making sure we're counting all of our lists and checking them twice, making sure that we have all of the right uh, numbers and information together so that we can serve them this fall. And we are uh, busy putting together home for the holidays boxes, which are filled with family crafts and fun traditions for all of the families to be able to take home. And we're working on finalizing our locations where we'll be live locally here Uh, on November 20th. We'll be at Music City Mall with another organization called We Are One Community, which is a group of charities where we will be giving families food, diapers. Uh, They'll be able to get flu shots, COVID shots, and come pick up one of their boxes that we have for our pre-registered families. And for new families, we'll even have a nice treat for them as well. And then we're going to be moving in from there into acquiring items for each of the kids and families to put under the tree and uh, distributing those items on December the 18th. I'm still finalizing our location for December the 18th. And so I'll, I'll get everybody updated on that once I finalize it. But I think we're going to have a new church partner in the Plano Frisco area who's going to come alongside of us and help make Christmas beautiful for everybody. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and if folks want to help support Stacy's effort, you can do that uh, by donating online, singleparentadvocate.org. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, all the, all, the, all the places where the social media is, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under social, um, all under uh, single parent advocate. So let's jump right in to our topic for this week. And this is, you sent me uh, over the weekend, uh, a link to a really interesting survey about friendships and how many Americans are now reporting fewer friendships than in years past. And while the data is certainly interesting, it's, it's you know, the, the article here in americansurveycenter.org basically surmises that it's all uh, another unintended consequence of the coronavirus pandemic, with so many of us kind of locked into our homes uh, and staying in and, and not visiting friends and loved ones. Uh, we've kind of lost touch with friends, whereas under normal circumstances, we're out going for, you know, happy hour uh, during the week or maybe going out to the park together on the weekends. And we're, you know, a lot of us have been in our own homes for the last uh, year and a half going on two years. We're losing touch with many of our friends. So there was some interesting stuff in this survey. And like I said, it, it all boils down to the pandemic. I'm just going to jump in here and start reading a little bit of this for you to kind of give you some of the some of the details. So most Americans report having faced significant personal challenges over the past 12 months. More than one in five, 22% of Americans say the past 12 months have been much more difficult than usual. Uh, nearly half, 46% say it was somewhat more difficult. About one in three, 32% Americans say they were not, uh, the last 12 months were not particularly difficult. Uh, women apparently report more challenges than men, probably not a shocker there. Uh, more than one in four, 27% of women say in the past 12 months have uh, been much more difficult than usual compared to 17% of men. Middle-aged men uh, report having a significantly easier time than any than, than other Americans, while 14% uh, reported to have much more trouble. 43% said it wasn't any more difficult than usual. Uh, first of all, tell me where you found this survey because it's really interesting stuff. Well, reason why I started having loneliness on my heart was I went to um, a dinner. It was like a banquet that was a fundraiser for um, an organization locally. Lots of fundraisers going on right now in the charity world. You know, the fall is fundraising time. And so I had the privilege to attend and ran into uh, a woman whose husband is a minister. And, of course, she's very involved in the church. And... Um, she asked me, she said, well, I'd love to, I'd love to have you come visit. Do you speak? And, and I do speak occasionally, you know, um, I have different topics that I speak about when I, when I, in fact, that's how we met, right? We were meeting about, a, a, you know, not in the mood with Daryl Moody and doing an a, a interview, right? You were a guest on my show. Yes. Yeah. So, um, kind of similar with Daryl, honestly, you know, just a real organic conversation. You know, she said, well, do, do you speak on loneliness? And I said, actually, I do. I, you know, I, I do have this success acronym and I talk about how, how we need to surround ourselves and know our resources and, you know, all these different things. And um, a deep dive into loneliness would certainly be something I would, I would be privileged to talk about. And um, she described that there's a a woman she knows who volunteers and she comes to all the activities and stuff. But when they have a heart to heart, she, the woman says she's just so lonely and she would 
want to know how to deal with this loneliness. So on the heels of that exchange is when I kind of started researching this. It's really been on my heart. And I found online this article, which I felt was more current, you know, than maybe some of the things that I have talked about in the past. And it talked about the trends for different age groups. And I remember in my own life, you know, when or, whether I was going through a job change or going through a life change, those were some of the times when I really uh, felt lonely, even though I might have been in a crowded room. You know, I just had an awkwardness <clears throat> about myself or I wasn't fully connecting with others because I was insecure or unsure of myself, you know. And um, so that's why I sent it to you. It's like, hey, what do you think about this? And I was just stoked that you thought it was interesting, too, because it seems like it's really something that many of us are facing right now. Well, to your point about feeling lonely as a single parent, and I'm going to harken back to uh, counseling sessions I've had with my with my therapist. Uh, when you lose your spouse, you basically lose an attachment figure is, is the way she explained it to me. And obviously there's a sense of security in having an attachment figure in, you know, knowing that your future and your destiny is attached to one person. So there's, there's kind of a, an inherent peace of mind that comes along with that. And when you, when you lose that peace of mind, you know, it's not hard to imagine that that would lead to feelings of loneliness. Well, and, and it's not like you can just replace that person, you know, um, whether it's a difficult separation or, you know, it was friendly or whether, God forbid, you know, you lost your spouse to, you know, death or disease, you know, um, the, the transition from having a life mate to, you know, being your own life mate, it, it, it leaves us in a place of um, vulnerability, even in our own minds. Like, you know, we can, like, like the lady said, you can be in a crowded room, you can do all the volunteering you want, you can get everywhere, you can listen to podcasts, you can do all these things, but it's kind of like being a rat in a wheel when the very core of your heart is uh, still feeling isolated. And, um, like for me, I think that it's boiled down to focusing on authentic, fully present exchanges with close friends, you know, um, that's helped me during those times when I really pretty much probably had my walls up because my first instinct was always, uh, you know, guard your heart, right? You know, guard your heart, you know, and um, so with when we're guarded, and we, a lot of people usually are, when we've gone through a loss of some kind, or a big life change, what are the big life changes, whether you've moved, whether you've changed jobs, whether you've had, you know, a family change, all of those kind of, we tend to put our guard up. And so you can, you can be in all the activities in the whole wide world. You can have a busy schedule. And at the end of the day, you can feel kind of still alone because you haven't fully connected, really, I don't think, for me well, anyway. You, you mentioned close friendships, and, and there's something in, in the survey about that. And 
they basically compared survey results from from 30 years ago in the year 1990 to this most recent survey and the 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 percentage of Americans who say they have uh, no close friends in 1990 it was 3% of those surveyed not fast forward to this most recent survey that number is now 12% uh, even one person one close personal friend has gone from 4% to 7% uh, two it goes from 9 to 13 three it goes from 11% to 17% when you're talking about four more personal friends this was interesting because it actually goes up it goes from 11% to 17%. And maybe that's, you know, besties versus your closest personal friend, you know what I mean? Because everybody has everybody has besties these days. Um, but that was the only number where we actually saw well, no, not necessarily. Uh, three to four, you see the same thing 8% versus 11%. Uh, you look move out to 10 or more close personal friends in 1990, 33% of those surveyed said they had 10 or more close personal friends. You, you look at the numbers uh, from this year, and that's 13%. Uh, you add into to the experience that we've had uh, with the pandemic and having fewer personal relationships, that's, you know, that can be a real problem for single parents because as we talk about almost every week on this show is how much we rely on our tribe, if you will, uh, our people, our, our close friends, our circle of friends. And when you have fewer, you have fewer people to rely on. And that just makes the challenges of being a single parent even greater. Right. And, you know, uh, one of the things I liked about the survey was um, I talked about how we have friend buckets. You know, we've got our work friends, friends at the gym, friends at church, friend, you know, different friends in different places. Right. And um one of the things is if we're isolated and we're not in as many places, it's real easy for that connection that used to be there to kind of wither away. Um, you know, certainly I feel like for me, uh, I've been very fortunate. Um, you know, I've been through a lot of changes and I kept thinking to get Daryl about, you know, when I had my back surgery you know, that was a big surgery back at the beginning of 2019. And um, I was so surrounded with flowers and friends and, you know, people coming by and all of that. But in between those moments, I was, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do, you know, in between the times that physical therapy is or, um all these different, it just seemed like I was tasking myself. Okay, this is, it was almost like I was overscheduled, even though I was supposed to be taking it easy and healing, you know. And um, in those times, you know, I had to really uh, dig into, um, you know, reading, or maybe I wanted to catch a movie or enjoy some time with myself. And maybe, um, I had that for me was kind of a learned thing because I, I really I suffer from FOMO bad. If I find out something's going on and I'm not there, the lonely light there. goes off. Boy, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm missing out, you know. And um, so for me to learn in my own journey to enjoy some time with myself you know, and like hanging out with myself, you know, that was a big growth 
thing for me, you know, and I think about people who have been sick or who, God forbid, has have lost a loved one or a dear friend to this COVID pandemic or something else, you know, uh, really looking in the mirror and going, you know, I want to be my own best friend too, kind of makes me go back to those moments when I was, you know, disabled for a short time and not really able to, to go and do, you know, people had to come to me. But to your point, as human beings, we're wired to be social, we're social animals, you know. Uh, another interesting statistic here, in 1990, 75% of respondents said they have a best friend, the number one close person, closest personal friend. Now that number is only 59%. Uh, you know, do you have any advice for, for the viewers and the listeners of, of what to do if you don't have that go-to person? Well, I have some... Um some thoughts, you know, a best friend doesn't become a best friend, you know, um, in five minutes, right? For most of us, you know, you choose your friends, you don't let your friends choose you, right? Or, you know, I've heard that said quite a bit is like, you know, surround yourself with happy, healthy, whole, and uplifting people who inspire you. And, you know, it takes some time to get to know people such that they would be a best friend, you know? But for me, I, I have always looked for groups of people who like to do what I like to do. You know, like my hobbies are dancing and singing, you know? Um, I will go to a group thing and then I will invite somebody to go out for coffee sometime if I wanna get to know them better, you know? Or vice versa, they'll do the same for for getting to know me. And I think it's just having an open heart and an open mind to investing time into developing a friendship. And I think as single parents, you know, we don't have that luxury often, you know, where we've got the time, uh, especially if our children are young, you know, to go and, and oh, I'm just going to go have coffee up the street with, with, let's say Deidre and me and Deidre are going to be gone. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, how am I going to cultivate that kind of friendship? And for me in my life, I, I just, I had to put myself in an environment and in places where my son was welcome, where, uh, you know, he could go with me or he could not. Cause I always had him. He was never away for a weekend, you know? So I chose to be in groups where both of us could go at any time, or I was also welcome to go individually. And that's where I started to make friends, you know. Well, for me, you know, having grown up here in Central Florida, I'm lucky because, you know, even here in Orlando, even though I'm 90 minutes from where I grew up, I've got, you know, at least half a dozen friends that I grew up with that are here in town. As a matter of fact, when we finish the show this afternoon, I'm going to go meet up for uh, drinks with a guy that I haven't seen since high school. I mean, I literally haven't hung out with this guy since the nineties. So, you know, and we've been, we've been talking on Facebook and, you know, he emailed me, he heard me do a traffic report years ago and found my email address and email was like, Hey man, we need to get together. And, you know, we've talked about getting together, but we just haven't, uh, we haven't done that, but, you know, being a single parent now, you know, and, and having equal shared custody with my ex-wife, you know, half the time I'm free. So, uh, you know, I'm really making an effort to reach out to friends 
that I haven't seen in a long time. And, and you know, I, I to your point, I kind of have that time now to cultivate those relationships. And I'm trying to make it a bigger priority for me. Well, and that's really healthy because I remember um, having horrible separation anxiety early on, you know, uh, when Chris's dad and I were apart and that he was there, you know, like maybe for the first three or four months or so. And when he went to go visit his dad, it was so hard, Daryl, for me to want to like get out of the floor. I mean, it was just, I was, I had separation anxiety so, so bad. And, um, I know, you know, there's definitely probably viewers or listeners out there that can identify with that. You know, how do you push through that, that separation anxiety, you know, and I, maybe that's a form of loneliness. Maybe it's something else, you know, but, uh, you know, trying to give yourself an olive branch and, you know, get out of the, out of the bed or out of the floor or out of wherever you are mentally and physically and step out. I had a little mini survey this weekend knowing we were going to talk about this. And I interviewed a few people just ad hoc, whether I was at Smoothie King or the gym or, you know, wherever I was. And I asked a few people, you know, what do you do when you feel lonely? And you know what they said? This is so interesting. They said, I go for a walk. I go for a walk. I get an up and I move and it really helps. And there were a couple of people that said that they volunteered, you know, they would go and maybe help a senior citizen or, you know, go and, uh, you know, volunteer to help, you know, the puppy shelter or the kitty cat shelter, uh, volunteer at school or church, you know, but I still think that that kind of, that's a way that we cope with it. But at the end of the day, when we come back from those activities, they they're just they don't they don't may always make the loneliness go away unless we take it a step further beyond the activity and we connect. Right. We, 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 we lower the guard in our hearts and we say, I'm not just here to fill some space in the time to put a bandaid on my loneliness. I'm here. I want to do a good thing or be a part of a community, but I also want to open my heart and be open to a two-way exchange. And I think that's where I think if, if I'm being honest with myself, I found myself just, hello, how are you? You know, the hello, how are you? You know, somebody's going to say, fine, how are you doing? And then we stop, right? We stop because it's just not, it doesn't feel safe yet. And somebody's got to make the first move to make a connection that goes beyond uh, the shallows, so to speak. Well, you, you pitched this idea of loneliness to me as a topic for the show a few weeks ago, and I've been kind of mulling it over because, you know, you'll recall my, my first reaction to you was, well, I don't really feel lonely. I mean, obviously I, you know, there are parts about my my marriage that I miss but you know for me uh becoming you know getting divorced and becoming a single parent like I've I've realized my support structure in my inner circle of, of people that you know maybe I didn't recognize they were as important as they are now that I find myself relying on those people be it for emotional support or just something to do on a night off uh I have I have realized you know 
who's important to me, who I can rely on, who can, who will give me the emotional support that I need. But, uh, you know, if I were in a, another city halfway across the country and I didn't have the built-in network of friends and, and acquaintances that I have, I, you know, I'd be in real trouble. I'd, I would, I would be lonely. So, you know, I, I, while I'm not necessarily living this myself, uh, you know, I, I can understand what you're saying. I had this neat idea and maybe we can like get it off the ground someday. But, you know, um, in that survey that, that you've been reading to us and I'm so glad you liked it. Um, and we'll put the link up, but, uh, it talks about senior citizens being uh, so much of a big part of the American population that are lonely. And of course, um, it even talked a lot about, um, you know, a lot of, of people not really having even one person uh, to, to connect with. According to the survey, 41% of Americans. Yeah. So I was thinking, and, and this is kind of like a flashback from all of my thinking that I did about, you know, creating a single parent community for all of us. And um, what if what if we could do like a matching where we match a senior citizen group or, you know, with some single moms, you know, both kind of or single dads, too, honestly, and like we were able to lockstep and 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 connect beyond you know delivering a meal or coming by to say hi you know and and make a friend on purpose you know um i feel like i always had this idea that you know there are some children out there that don't have grandparents or their grandparents live far away uh there's some uh, senior citizens that don't get to see their grandkids or their kids, you know, whether it's a location thing or whether it's a situation thing. And maybe, you know, there's a just a little seed that we could plant today with folks to say, hey, you know, if you're looking for an idea, maybe that would be one. Well, you know, I found myself in the villages this week, and ironically, you're talking about senior citizens. It's the largest retirement community in the country. And I was, I was with my girlfriend and I was trying to explain to her how, you know, I grew up in a town uh, called Ocala, which is, you know, 90 minutes north of Orlando here. And, you know, the two biggest economic drivers of Ocala until I moved away, you know, in 2001, were basically horses and old people. So you had a lot of, had a lot of horse farms and a lot of retirement communities. And I was telling her that when I moved to Orlando in 2001, I was so sick and tired of old people. I, I don't want to say that I hated old people, but I was tired of old people. Now, over the course of the last 20 years, I'm pretty I, you sure know, I, old people doesn't sound very inclusive right now. Is there a different citizens. word we could use? Senior citizens. But this, <laughs> this, this, this is, I'm going to end this well. Just give me, give, All stick right, with Grace, me. Grace. Over the, over the last 20 years, you know, I've kind of redeveloped my appreciation for senior citizens and their wealth of experience and knowledge and their unique perspective. And I don't find myself resenting old people the way I did back in 2000 and 2001. Of course, then I was in my early 20s and I was, you know, didn't know anything about anything back then either. But uh, 
I have a new, a new appreciation for senior citizens that I didn't back then because they're more of a novelty where I live. Whereas when you live in a place like the villages, they're everywhere. Right. When you were kind of a fish out of water, would you say maybe in a little bit of a way? Oh, I don't, I, between you and me, Stacey, I'd move to the villages in a heartbeat. Those old people have everything. Everything's nice. It's new. <laughs> there's a million golf courses. There's every restaurant you can imagine. There's a heart attack. Uh, standalone emergency room on every corner. I mean, everybody drives a golf cart. If you if you've ever uh, if you know anything about the villages, it's like utopia for senior citizens. That's awesome. I need to come and visit. I think I, I don't know why I had that idea. Anyway, I don't want to camp on it too much. But, you know, let's say let's say there's a single mom or a single dad that is lonely. You know, do you know your neighbors? You know, um, and I don't mean know your neighbors. Like, do you know their names? Probably many of us don't, you know, but what is, what person is near you that you can but invest to your, in? To your point, do you take the time to connect with that person? Right. Beyond just waving as you go, or let's say there's another, another parent at school that, you know, you could get to know beyond just having some activity because I was thinking about the difference between activity and boredom versus loneliness because like I said I keep challenging myself okay you can be lonely in a crowded room why are you lonely in a crowded room why are you lonely in a crowded house why are you lonely in a busy schedule like where is that layer of of difference could that just be not being present in the place I, where you are? Maybe it, it's part about being present, but also I think it has to do with reaching out and making yourself self available. And maybe that's just a different way of saying presence, you know, but being vulnerable enough to allow someone to get to know you and vice versa, being, being present enough such that you get to know another person. Because if we follow the trends, right? And we're now we're like not connecting in that way. We're lonelier than we've ever been. Granted, we've had a pandemic. I don't want to discount that. But why? Why? And I think it's we're reaching through phone screens. We're reaching through social media. We're reaching. I was just going to say social media. Uh, you know, all of our ways of communicating are less and less intimate. Right. And so if we aren't allowing uh, that layer of intimate friendship, you know, I'll talk about my friend, Sophia. We were, we had each other's back for 15 years, raising our kids together. And we're still friends. Uh, we met at work. She was a work friend at first that became a life friend and we got each other's backs. We moved, um, literally like less than three miles away from each other. And through the years, you know, we had lots of experiences and challenges together, but both of us made a decision that after we got to know each other and after we, you know, knew each other's shortcomings and things that we liked about each other, then we decided, no, we, we can get each other's backs. And that, so that's an example of I met somebody at work invested in getting to know her she invested in getting to know me and then we went through the trenches together for a while and we built this lifelong friendship you know and that's what i was trying to say earlier 
about, you know, best friends, the best of friends, you know, they they bake a little bit, you know. So maybe it's not, oh, I need to go grab a best friend, but maybe it's I need to find someone with common interests and say, hey, you know, be vulnerable. I, I'm really I've been lonely and I've got all this activity, but I'm still I'm still you know, just not quite across the finish line on the satisfaction and contentment factor as it relates to my friendships and and my my life buddies. And then go beyond that. Now, there are some people, though, Daryl, they can't. Like, to, I keep going back, like, in my heart to I'm sitting in a bed, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I'm having to heal. And I needed my, my friends and folks to kind of come to me. And so what if we were to take the people who have that space in their hearts that, you know, they need to be filled and reach people who, uh, you know, are lonely, maybe for a different reason. Right. I don't know. It's just an but idea I, I had. Just to bring it just to bring it home for the for the viewers and listeners. I think what you're trying to say is that, you know, instead of dwelling on that loneliness and thinking about what you don't have you know, we should all make an effort to be vulnerable with the people around us and try to establish and foster and grow those relationships with the people who we see at the car line at school or at the after school events. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it, and it has to be beyond what can I do or where can I show up, or what party is going on next, it's more like, who can I connect with? Because to me, that's a layer deeper. You know, it's not just, I want to be in the group, I want to go somewhere, I want to be included. It's, who can I lock arms with? Who can be, you know, like in scuba diving, you have a buddy, right? Who's your dive buddy? And, and, really think about it. You know, I really, maybe marriages are that way too, but I think our, as single parents, rather than going out and just automatically trying to replace your spouse, you know, or suffer because your spouse is gone, maybe you develop a, a deeper friendship with, with people that you are, you know, kind of your dive buddies and well, you get I each other's backs. I think that's, I think that's good advice for life. I mean, you know, don't go through the motions, actually be present in whatever you're doing and whomever you're with and make the effort and, and, and connect with them. And, you know, you never know, you may have a lifelong friend that you didn't even know about because you just see this person, you know, every day in your, your day-to-day -day lives and you go about doing your thing and they're doing their thing. But if you don't take the time to, to try and connect with them, you can miss out on somebody. And I think, you know, Sometimes we go through changes in our lives where our buckets of friends change, right? Like whether we've had to move or whether we've had to make a, some tough decisions maybe, you know. Uh, and when our buckets of friends change, you know, being transparent and authentic about that, maybe not airing the dirty laundry or anything, but just, you know, I've had a life change and, you know, I could use a friend. You know, I could use someone to talk to, not just I need somebody to tag along with or keep me plugged into all of the activities. Oh, I'm looking for a friend friend, somebody to talk to, you know, because that's I think the 
if I were to take that article and drill down into all of the statistics, what really struck me was uh, getting, getting beyond, uh, what is it called, Daryl, when you have, getting beyond the, the condo not condolences, the, the, the top layer, getting beyond just the, the greetings and going into more and being available for that. Well, uh, it's certainly good advice. Hopefully, you know, folks are going to get a lot out of that. Yeah, I hope so too. And I would love everybody's comments because it's kind of like an, an, a can that I feel like Daryl and I are opening that is kind of beneath the surface in a lot of, a lot of our hearts. And, um, you know, those are the times when we go through those types of topics together. And if, if, if the truth be known, you know, there's probably, there's probably situational loneliness where there's a period of time where, you know, you're lonely for a little bit. And then, you know, eventually that ship gets righted or it resolves. But then there's some, probably loneliness that's just something that stays with us for longer than maybe it should. And that's when we ask for help beyond maybe what we know how and get in touch with somebody from our church or work or, you know, try to get some suggestions with a trusted advisor. You know, trusted advisors are great for working through those kinds of things. In fact, I'm super excited because we're going to meet one of my trusted advisors next week. Marla Who's Diane. That? Marla Diane. She's going to okay. come on the show. And uh, we're real excited about having, or I'm real excited about having her. Um, a trusted advisor is something that is um, a professional, more of a professional relationship that helps you work through ideas, whether it's a counselor or, uh, you know, maybe a teacher or a coach that can really help us kind of get unstuck with topics like this, like loneliness, right? So I, I love the idea of developing a trusted advisor. And if, if you're stuck with loneliness, anybody out there, you know, um, let's help help each other get out of that water quick. Well, Stacy, let's get this let's get this link up, uh, you know, on the various social pages so we can share it with folks, this, this survey and, uh, you know, comment, share your thoughts. If you've got, uh, you know, your advice for how to connect with people or maybe where to meet friends where, you know, as busy single parents, we find ourselves. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to share that with you guys. Yeah. And just, just make sure, you know, you dial into our Facebook page, guys. If, uh, you know, you just need to have a word of encouragement. I've got a great uh, group of people on Facebook. Uh, they are just present. We, we are a hundred percent volunteer right now. And so it's hard for us to uh, respond to a lot of messages, but we do our best and, you know, at least you know, join our Facebook community and um, count yourself not alone anymore. Well, even if you're, you know, to your point, like it's not even about engaging you or social or, 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 or single parent advocate on the social media pages. Just share your thoughts for the other people who are looking at those posts because you never know who could get something from it. Oh, absolutely. And, and there's just, there's, there's a whole wide world out there, but when you feel lonely, it's really, really hard to step out. And so it's a tender topic for today. And I just want to make sure that we, 
you know, invite anyone and everyone to join us. It's not about getting, you know, more likes or anything like that. It's about locking arms and making sure that no one feels alone and that, uh, you know, we skill up together to navigate that because you're not alone in feeling lonely. Because if when you guys look at this article, you're going to see it's a whole trend uh, in our society. And I think if, if Daryl and I, you know, uh, we say it differently, but it, it's, it's taking it beyond just a hi, how are you and a greeting to choosing to be present and also allow someone else to be present with, with us. And it takes time. And uh, so we've got a lot of changes that have gone on in our lives and that can make it feel unsafe to kind of go there. But at some point, you know, that's going to be the medicine we need to help not be lonely anymore. Well, Stacy, I appreciate you for introducing this as a topic. Like I said, when you pitched it to me a few weeks ago, I was like, I don't know. I'm not really lonely, so I don't really know how to relate to this. But, uh, you know, we all experience some level of loneliness. So, and now we've got the survey to, to back it up. So uh, great topic, great discussion. I hope you folks got a lot out of it. Anything yeah. else? Again, it doesn't mean that we can't talk about it again or bring in a, a you know a professional to kind of talk about loneliness in a deeper level or more clinical way. But I think we just wanted to have a heart to heart with everyone about, you know, this is something that a lot of people are dealing with and we're digging in and we hope uh, our lives are a great, you know, example. And, and we know many of you out there might have some ideas too to share. So definitely put it in the comments and um, we'll, we'll dig in some more if you guys like. All right, good stuff. That's our show for this week. We thank you as always for joining us. Remember, you can follow the Single Parent Advocate on all the social media pages. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that. That way you're the first to know when the new episodes are posted. Uh, Stacy, with that, I guess we'll say goodbye to everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next week. We'll bring Marla Diane on. You guys are going to enjoy her. She's full of light and life. <laughs>